BetMGM is pitching baseball fans a chance to swing for the fences. Register using code CHAMPION200 and win $200 in free bets when you place a $10 money line wager on any Major League Baseball game and either team hits a home run, regardless of your bet's outcome. Enjoy baseball like never before with BetMGM's daily promotions at your fingertips all season long. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com and use code CHAMPION200 to win $200 when you bet $10 on an MLB game and either team hits a home run. Sign up today and find out why nothing beats a win at the King of Sportsbooks. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Virginia only. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-888-532-3500. The goal of Greater Than Zero Percent is simple. It's finding people and organizations that are changing the world and sharing their story. And these changes could be smaller, they could be large. So we're looking for you all, you organizations, you people, um, that want to share your uh, impact on the communities that you're serving and get your story out there. So please reach out. We're really excited to get engaged and we'll see you soon. Yeah, we on the mission. Cooking on the beat. You would think we in the kitchen. I had a hard head. I ain't never want to listen. Now I'm out for fly. I done found. And that was one of the recent hits from Solidarity Studios who we're actually with today. Um, and we're going to get into what goes into what you just heard um, right now. Welcome to the Catio in this version of Greater Than Zero Percent Season 2. Today, <laughs> we're sitting with Ibrahim Mali, who is founder of Solidarity Studios. Thank you for your time today. Thank you for having me. Yeah, excited to be here. All right. So as usual, let's start with yourself. So share a little bit about your story. Okay, yeah. Uh, my name is Ibrahim. I am the founder of Solidarity Studios, as has been mentioned. Uh, we are in our eighth year. And I um, came to Chicago for work originally about the same time after, after graduating school down south. Um, and really thankful for that because I think Chicago is the... Um, kind of perfect nurturing ground for a project like Solidarity Studios. It really helped bring it all together. And when I say that, I mean, you know, I had grown up uh, as a first generation Palestinian American here in the U.S. And, and you know, already saw some of the ways that hip hop was representing um, the kind of culture of the Middle East, the culture of, uh, you know, Muslim Americans, and especially the topic of Palestine in a much more balanced and, and, and frankly, uh, I guess, existent light that, you yeah. know, I wasn't seeing reflected in a lot of other parts of the culture. So um, I, when I went to university, I wanted to really study how um, culture like that, especially music and particularly hip hop, were uh, you know useful in forming uh, and telling alternative narratives and uh, you know really building on alternative identities that when I say alternative I mean just not part of the typical mainstream and so uh, was fortunate to work with some professors there and and you know really learn the history of uh, just hip hop and other genres of music as uh, I guess you could say. A political tool yep and so you know when i when i came to chicago i had kind of my personal experience uh my academic experience and then i got to see firsthand the way it gets used you yep. know locally among the community groups here that we work with 
and thus um, yeah kind of got the idea for solidarity studios out of all that yeah um so yeah a little bit about that yeah so you said seven years now running yeah yeah. yeah. How has it developed over those seven years compared to when you first started it? Like, was it just in Chicago? Was it based somewhere else? Did you expand over time? What was kind of like the progression? Yeah, I think we, we followed a, a kind of atypical path, um, you know, and, and hey. Hey, cat. What's up? <laughs> uh, Mona, uh, I know this is a catio, but he's allergic. No, you can we're sit good. With we're good. You can sit with me. We're good here. <laughs> um. You know, I think part of the, the way I've always operated was going with the, the flow and just seeing where, you know, the ideas and the energy take you, yep. right? And so initially, um, the very first idea for Solidarity Studios was we wanted to expand on a project that some professors of, I, of mine um, at university were doing a, a mobile music studio that they would take into places like Kenya or, yeah. or you know, Paraguay. And um, they would pop in, do a quick beat making seminar, cut a music video, cut a couple tracks, pop out. Jeez. And it was a cool program. Um, they called it the Beat Making Lab. And we thought, hey, how about if we could try to get them to extend it into Palestine. We know there's some really cool Palestinian hip hop going on. Wow. It could be a nice way of bridging that scene with here in the US and, and some of these other locales that they're working in. And that was the, the genesis of the idea. But as we started working more and more uh, on the project and, and just going through the logistics of founding an organization and, and writing up missions and briefs and approaching funders, all stuff that frankly I'd never really done before, um, it, it became clear that there was an opportunity to expand on the idea by thinking more locally at first. You know, I reached out to uh, my my colleagues at Groupon and mm -hmm. was selling them on the idea of bringing a music studio to Palestine. They said, yeah. well, that's cool, uh, but we're based here in Chicago. Have you reached out to any organizations here yet? And we would love to support like a first run of workshops here. And obviously, you know, some sage funders stepped in and yeah. said – well, before you take the show on the road, how about you do a practice run locally first, <laughs> yes, you know? Yes. And um, that was how we started working on our first uh, Chicago organizational partnerships as um, this was back in 2016. Yep. That was when we had our first workshops at the Inner City Muslim Action Network down in Englewood, 63rd in California, give or take. Yeah. Okay. So, um, you know, it, it's just a story of like, synchronicity throughout you know the the idea of working with the professors and just sharing the truth over and over and over again with different people and having uh being receptive to their input too where you know like the folks at groupon have you considered chicago or the funders yeah. you know how about a local workshop first and then um even down to the um the notion of i guess how do i phrase this um yeah, the, the, the people that we worked with in terms of the teaching artists and the, the framework of, of the program, um, you know, I'll be honest, I, I just had an idea of connecting young people in, in you know, Palestine and in South Africa and a, a place that I had studied abroad um, in Chicago through the medium of hip hop. But I had no idea how we were actually going to operationalize it, what yep. the nature of the workshops would be or where it would go from there. Yeah. Wow. And I feel like. Like there, there are a few key things in different cultures that you could communicate across 
languages. Some of them are like food, for example. Music is definitely up there as a way to connect people um, that are from different backgrounds that might not be able to speak the same language with each other or just have completely different um, experiences. And have you kind of experienced any of that, like introducing or connecting two different countries and cultures or three different countries and cultures sometimes? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, even even here within the city of Chicago, right, we were bringing in um, artists and, and uh, collaborators for, for, you know, the workshop participants from across a wide spectrum of the city. I mean, we had people who had never worked with artists from the West Side before. And, you know, we were discussing the different musical styles and influences of like one section of the city versus another. Yeah. So that was really cool to witness in our first workshops. And then we, you know, tried to also thread in uh, some of the, the international connections. So we had, um, you know, musicians from the Palestinian community here in Chicago come in and offer their expertise recording samples for the producers to work with and, and you know, bring in some of that um, cross-cultural pollination. And then, you know, vice versa. We were fortunate to go in 2017 uh, to Bethlehem and work on a set of uh, workshops with El Rawad, a community center and Ida refugee camp where we brought four uh, Chicago musicians with us. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, another one of them was also a Palestinian American like myself. And the other two had never been to that part of the world. Yeah. And so uh, just talking through those experiences with everybody and, and really uh, I remember you know, breaking the ice in those workshops the first time was was tough at first. Um, you know, we tried sharing common music, and then you know that that was a little bit of an icebreaker. And yep. The language barrier was definitely there, but I remember, you know, after those first couple hours passed, and uh, you know, by the time we had, we had already broken for dinner and we were getting ready to go home like organic jam sessions were happening. No People way. were hopping on the keys yeah. and on the drums. And, you know, we heard like a really cool Arabic rendition of Amazing Grace, which I had not heard before. So, okay, yeah, that, that was might pretty be neat. something that we have to feed into this video here. Yeah, if we <laughs> yeah. can find it. Wow. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, been, it's been neat to see and it, it's definitely grown over time. Um, and, and, you know, as I mentioned, kind of going with the flow, one of our students from those very first workshops uh, in 2016, who was an undergrad at Northwestern at the time, um, had gravitated to them really, really uh, intensely. Mm -hmm. And you know, we built a, a working relationship after the workshops. He um, was a teaching assistant for one of my collaborators. And yeah. so, you know, he was really into the, the pedagogical aspect and the music making aspect. So, you know, was through his studies, was able to expand the project into Ghana. And so we have a Solidarity Studios in Ghana yep. that would have never probably conceived of had it not, wow. you know, been for a student running with the ball. And, you know, I think just continuing that collaborative spirit that we've started with and going with the flow. What does your team look like now? Like how many people or or members does it do you have now? What does it look like? <laughs> yeah, it's um you know, I'd say we we've we've got a pretty solid you know, cast of, of uh, teaching artists and facilitators that we work with here locally. Um, we've got about four teaching artists yeah. uh, that we work pretty closely with. Uh, I would say we've got uh, spread across Chicago, Colorado, and uh, Washington, D.C. We, we've got a, a core team of probably four or five 
um, you could say administrative or organizational yeah um, you know component so yeah um, Probably between five and ten, given yeah, it's the, given growing. the time. It's growing now. That's yeah. awesome. Who's on tour? Who's not? You yeah. Know, so, <laughs> um, what was your most recent event or training session or workshop that you've done, or if you have one upcoming <laughs> yeah. as well? Um, I would say you know we were really fortunate uh, that keeping our eyes and ears open as always, yes. we stumbled onto a set of virtual beat making tools that were released by the Library of Congress. Um, it's called Citizen DJ. And mm -hmm. so it's a virtual beat maker that you can access from your web browser and it sits on top of the entire archive or almost the entire archive of sounds that the library has. Whoa. What so. Is, so walk me through that. Like if I, if <laughs> yeah. I went to the browser and I clicked it and what would my You're experience there. be? Um, and so if you, you would basically see um, it looks like a a series of measures and bars. You know, mm -hmm. if you look at any sort of music production software yeah, that's yeah. out there now, like a sequencer for setting out your tempo, your drums, yeah. um, for selecting your sample from the archive of sounds that the library has and chopping it up, threading it in, and it makes it super easy. It'll even randomly select a sample for you and place it as a melody yeah. and uh, lay out some drums for you to start with. So the archive of sounds. That sounds like the coolest next band name or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, uh, it, it's, it's pretty neat. It's, it's very easy for beginners to get on. And, you know, the, um, with the pandemic and everything happening, uh, our ability to do physical workshops was null. Yep. Um, we even had staff who were in Ghana working on projects very actively before yeah. the State Department brought them home. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we, we had to pivot. And the Library of Congress released this tool at the exact right time. Yeah. Out of the blue, I emailed the developer. I found his, like, link somewhere on the page <laughs> and uh, shot him an email. And to his credit, he replied back. And, you know, I pitched him on this notion uh, we had been percolating of the tool is brilliant because it's web-based. Right. You don't need any special download licenses, nothing like that. Um, all the sounds are free to use from the library yep. for any purpose. And it, it, you know, got us thinking about how we could leverage that tool for uh, explore, exploration of global music and exploration of the, the sounds and the histories that are in that archive. So we created a program, we pitched it to them, we called it the Beat Passport. Yep. So, That's you know, so cool. travel around the world and make uh, via music, basically. And we um, designed sessions that each session for about an hour and a half, you would use the tool to learn about a new genre of music like mm -hmm. Chicago House, uh, Ghanaian Afrobeats, or, you know, Detroit juke music and basically build your beat on the in the web browser. Um, it's all done over Zoom, and we got um, some of our staff, some folks from different collaborator organizations like uh, the Brooklyn Beat Syndicate out in New York, or yeah. Today's Future Sound in, in Oakland, and um, oh, that's yeah, amazing. So, how many different beats are there? <laughs> there's got to be hundreds or thousands innumerable yeah, yeah. it's it's too many because you can you can really just add a, a different drum pattern or a different you know uh, tempo and then it becomes it switches from one genre to another 
Jeez. And that was when this is a program workshop you did recently. Yeah. So we ran those workshops throughout the month of August, basically. Yep. And um, we were fortunate to receive uh, and work with the Library of Congress on those uh, sets of workshops. So we had library staff to, mm-hmm. to walk us through the archives and, and discover new sounds. We had um, their developers with us to, to tell us how to use certain functions. And so um, we were really fortunate that we had that level of, of expertise yeah. that we could call on. And, um, you know, we, we are thankful that people came back to the workshops after the first one. We didn't screw it up badly enough that <laughs> they actually you know, enjoyed themselves and then you know, took home some uh, music. By the end, pretty much everybody had made an instrumental because it's, it's that easy of a tool. So um, we're excited to kick off another round of those, hopefully in, yeah. in the next month or so, and start to thread through some more of those uh, international influences that, that I mentioned by bringing in our collaborators in Ghana and Bethlehem, et cetera. Yeah. Are there certain communities that you usually get engagement from more than others, or is it kind of like word of mouth? Ooh, probably. Um, you know, most of the, most of the way that we work is through uh, local community partners. So um, this Beat Passport was the first that we've we've kind of uh, designed and deployed on our own. Yep. But typically, the way a Solidarity Studios program is is done is. Um, some of our community partners, let's say Inner City Muslim Action Network here in Chicago, yeah. they'll say, hey, we have this program. Um, for instance, uh, it's a youth education program. And, you know, every day these guys are, are learning uh, nuts and bolts of, you know, a, a trade, for instance. And yeah. so we want to offer an artistic supplement to that. Can you guys come in and help uh, craft what a, a musical or a, a songwriting supplement would look like? And so they'll they'll kind of help give us some program goals, some uh, obviously timings and things like that, expectations, yeah. and then we'll design a curriculum accordingly. And often it's the partner that's that's you know already has the audience in mind. Right. So uh, we don't we don't typically recruit except for this virtual program where we had to kind of spam our partners to yes. spam their networks. <laughs> And, um, yeah, it, it's usually young people, um, and, and communities that, you know, may not have ac- easy access to music production resources. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's usually equipment or software licenses that are very expensive. Yes. And so, you know, as much as possible, we want to bring our mobile music studio into as many of those places and you know, offer that access. So. Um, the youngest we've worked with probably late elementary school, early middle school. Yeah. And we've gone, you know, all the way up through, uh, professional, semi-professional musicians well into their, you know, university years and beyond. Yeah. Wow. So you, you are open to other organizations who have like after school programs or who have like youth that they usually serve. Um, would they typically just reach out and say, Hey, this is something you want to do, or is it a little bit more than that? <laughs> Sometimes if we're lucky, yes. they'll reach out to us. A yes. lot of times it's, it's myself or another member of the team, yeah. uh, coming to an organization or, or learning of an organization and saying, Hey, you know, you're doing some really cool stuff. Is there a way that we can collaborate? Yeah. Um, that's kind of how it worked out with, uh, you know, some of our, our more recent partners like Young Chicago Authors, uh, we're really fortunate to start working with them. And, mm-hmm. you know, they specialize in 
authorship, right? Yeah. Writing of, of songs, of lyrics, yeah. of uh, poems, but they'd never had a beat making component before. Yes. And so we wanted to bridge those two worlds together. Wow. So you, that's, and how did, the, would, have you ran that workshop yet or is that kind of an upcoming? Yeah. Workshop? Yeah. And, um, you know, for, for your, your listening audience, we might have a, a preview of some of those songs uh, that they can access. So, all right. um, that's exciting. Check the link. You know? yeah. <laughs> That's so uh, exciting. But yeah, we were really lucky that that went off um, before COVID. We literally wrapped up the last vocal sessions maybe like two weeks before quarantine. Yeah. How would, um, I, I'm just thinking of so many organizations that serve the youth that would literally love to do this. Um, so yeah, this is exciting. I'm excited to make some connections. I think this is going to be fun. Yeah, please do. Please do. I was excited to meet new uh you folks in the city doing cool work. And, and, you know, the logic behind that was we didn't want to reinvent the wheel necessarily. Like I, I really think of solidarity studios and, and not to like go, uh, too cheesy with the music jargon as an amplifier. Really, yeah. Yes. Like it is, uh, I want, I want it to be something that, you know, because these organizations are typically in the community for so many years. Yeah. You know, there's no way we can replicate that history, that rootedness. And, you know, if, if we can collaborate and, and the sum of the parts can be greater than the whole. Yes. Uh, that would be amazing. To amplify whatever the voice that needs to be heard is. The voice or the, the um, bringing new life into some programming, like helping with, uh, you know, Elrawad has a very robust theater program. And, and now... They're able to produce music for that theater program in house instead of you know contracting that out. So it, yeah. it involve it, they're able to involve the community in more levels than maybe they wouldn't have been able to had they not uh, have have we not partnered and and you know uh, thought of ways of additional equipment or, or uh, skills that could be brought in and and um, as you mentioned you know hip hop or music generally is just one of those things where. Um, it has a power with people that, yeah. you know, regardless of language, regardless of, of background, of age, you know, we've had workshops where the age range goes from 14 to 44. Yeah. And um, I remember it was tough for us at first to engage like the, the older folks on the digital music production side yeah. Yeah. as, you know, computers uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> they frustrate everybody yes. but uh, <laughs> you know and and i remember the module we brought in the record player we had the vinyl player in there oh. for sampling and then the young people are like what is what that? is that and oh. then the old guy said let <laughs> me teach you By something the way. you know <laughs> yep, yep. and boom connection yeah so wow. really beautiful to see i don't think i know how to operate a record player honestly at this point either I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm older than 14 <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what's coming down the pipe what should we look forward to it sounds like the debut of some of the new tracks from um the most recent workshop you did um is there anything else that's coming down the line that we should be anticipating yeah yeah it's 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 a really exciting time um because we i think we've gotten to a, a point in our organizational maturity where um, we're able to develop curriculum and programs much more quickly yep. and, and creatively. And we're also putting out 
really good content now. Yeah. Uh, so we've got the album with Young Chicago Authors and um, another local organization called Beats and Bars. Mm-hmm. That'll be coming out in, in the next month or so. Um, we are helping with some more music coming out of the Inner City Muslim Action Network. Then uh, they've got some amazing, amazing artists on there. And you know, in addition to the content, we've got another set of workshops. So anybody can go on and, and learn how to make a beat with the Library of Congress tools. Yep. Uh, that'll be kicking off in October, mid to late October. So uh, folks can sign up on our website to, to get information on, on when that's coming up. And then uh, more digital beat making competitions. So you know, we'll, we'll be releasing rare sample packs that our team has recorded in, on the ground in Ghana. And letting producers work with that, and you know, giving prizes to beats that have never been heard before, never been digitized. Yep. 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 The, yeah, digitized. That's right. So, it uh, yeah, it'll be it'll be a really cool opportunity to foster more of that cross cultural pollination. Yeah. Wow. Well, we're excited. That sounds amazing. I hope I hope you know all <laughs> y'all will participate. Please, you know. Yeah. How can people engage you? You guys have a Facebook, a website, all that jazz? We do. Um, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Solidarity Stew, S-T-U. All right. Um, and our website is SolidarityStudios.org. You can learn more about upcoming programs on the website and our socials, as yep. well as um, for our upcoming workshops, sign up and, and get the latest updates for when those come out. Yeah. All right. Well, is there anything else you want to leave us with? At this point, I feel like we've covered a lot. Yeah, we have. Uh, <laughs> uh, I guess, you know, that maybe some sort of message of, of uh, come make music and, and you know, get, get out of the pandemic malaise. Yes. You know, I think the, that beat making is a, is a great cure for you know, the, the psychology of the pandemic. Yes. It's kind of like a release to get a, away from it and disconnect and kind of create and release emotion, however you're feeling through the beats. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And with the virtual workshop, it's really neat because we had been so physically focused before and it, it limited, I think, some of the, yeah. you know, people who can attend, obviously. But virtually... You know, we had people attending from Texas, from California, from New York, from overseas. And so that level of connectivity was really cool to see. And, and I hope we can get more of that and, and really uh, build some some cool communities virtually in the near future if, if that's the way we have to do it. Yeah. All right. Well, Ibrahim, thank you so much for your time today. Yeah. No, thanks again for having me. It's always a pleasure chatting with yeah. you, man. And I'm excited to share with you all to close the episode another track that our team has produced from the Solidarity Studios archives. And so we're going to get into some classic hip-hop right now. Mic drop. Thanks for tuning into this episode. If you know of a great organization or individual leaving a positive impact, we'd love to tell their story. Check us out and contact us at gtzp.org, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, or YouTube. And also to rewatch our other episodes and see what other great stories are being shared. Thanks again.
Hurry in during Ram Truck Month, where you'll find J.D. Power's number one brand in new vehicle quality in 2021. And right now, finance and get $3,250 total cash allowance on the 2022 Ram 1500 Bighorn Crew Cab. Don't miss this great offer. Hurry into Ram Truck Month now. For 2021 J.D. Power award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Financing for well-qualified buyers through Chrysler Capital. Not all buyers will qualify. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery by 5222.